The lesson we've considered these last two days and will consider today is entitled, If America Should Fall. I think all of us are deeply concerned for the nation we love at this time. Welcome to the Bread of Life. I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and this is a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho, and the International Mission Church Partnership Evangelism. Go to breadoflifeboise.org to learn about both ministries in our community. God is most concerned that the church maintain a genuine faith and proclaim that faith to the ends of the earth. As such, God will give hard tests to prove what we really are believing in and what we're believing him for. His test will bring him to remove good things that he's raised up to bring his truth to us and good things that he raises up in our lives as a result of finding and believing that truth. Good things that slowly can become the focus of our faith. What is happening in America today, folks, is a test of the genuineness of our faith, a merciful test from God. Here's another way that God will test faith. God will not only remove these mediums that bring to us his truth and bring to us the message of faith, but God will also remove the the transient benefits that often come with our salvation. In other words, when we believe in this truth and we embrace that truth and we embrace this message of faith, God brings along with it other blessings in our lives. When God saves his people, he generally puts us in places where we, we realize various additional benefits. God at that moment, in a sense, uncaps to us greater expressions of his goodness, his working to advantage us in our daily lives. Yes, a faith in God will produce benefits in your life. Good benefits. It'll raise the standard of your living. It'll raise and it will increase the the benefit of the relationships you have and help you in your relations with other individuals. But then here too, we can believe God for the wrong things. We can begin to look to him only for these benefits, only as a way of getting good things for our lives. And so our faith is not in him, upon him, for the singular rescue from sin and from the penalty of sin, and to be saved to holiness, and to be saved to heaven, and to be saved into God's presence, so much as it is that we call upon him and look upon him to secure and sustain us in the blessings of uh, temporal tranquility, of peace, of liberty, of success, of the order that he brings into our lives, and the multitude of other blessings that come along with us as we trust and believe in him, and our lives begin to be regulated by his truth, and These are all good things. They're all things that God brings so often with and because of his salvation. But these slowly can become the base of our expectations and hopes and the things that we really rest in and activate our faith for. And it's misplaced faith. And it threatens our witness to the world and the message that we bring to the world, a world that is facing unending judgment without Jesus Christ. And they will not be saved because we bring a message that Christianity will make your life better and give you more meaning and make you more successful. Christianity will somehow reach down to make sure and bind up your wounds and give you a better health system and bring justice in your political arenas. It's not the message that we've been commissioned to. Those are some of the wonderful additional benefits that come to us by way of believing in Jesus Christ. But when we make that the point and the message of our faith, you know what God does? In order to test the genuineness of our faith, in order to purify our message, God will take those things away from us to purify our faith. And he did it in the early church on multiple occasions. So what's my point? 
How does this apply to us? God has used the United States to be a place from which his gospel message, guarded in freedom, could be sent to the ends of the earth. From our nation has arisen more missionaries and more provisions to promote the gospel than from any other land at any other time in the history of the church. God has given us rich resources to support and sustain that work around the world. And this in turn has brought back upon our nation great blessings as we lived under the governance of laws developed on Judeo-Christian principles. And as a result, we have enjoyed great liberties and freedoms And with them, we have exercised ourselves in great acts of missions, of goodness, and of God's grace and proclamation to the ends of the earth. America has been a tremendous medium raised up by God for the good of the gospel and for the good of the world. But we slowly can become of such a mind that America and what it has stood for and offered in the history of human government and as a national experiment, we can begin to think that this is the end of our faith and the great purpose of our belief, that our calling as a church is to sustain this medium of America with all its righteous principles so that that God has used so graciously to touch the world. And slowly, you see, our focus is on the medium as most important. It dominates the longings and the desires and the outlooks of our lives and can, it, this can happen very slowly. We, we can even deny that this is our attitude. No, Lord, it's not that. You're most important. And yet it still can be the case. Our real hope and trust and faith is not in the God we trust, but in the idea and the nation that has declared and proclaimed in God we trust. But if God will take away the temple... And God will remove the priest and the altar and the sacrifice and the festivals that he gave. And God can completely remove the Jews from the land that he promised them as a good inheritance. And if God can bring the early church through fiery trials of death and persecution to test the genuineness of their faith so that when it's all gone, those of true faith will find themselves saying, only Jesus, Jesus ever, Jesus only, Jesus all in all, I'll sing so that those who have been ransacked of every transient benefit that they've accumulated as a result of their salvation, when it goes out from their life again, might say, take the world, but give me Jesus. Don't think that God cannot and will not take from you the liberties and the benefits of a nation that we have all loved and that he has graciously used and blessed over the last 200 years. And if your one thought in that message in this moment of considering the possibility that God might remove these things from us is, what do we have to do to keep God from doing that? How can we raise the level of our faith to save our nation and to keep this medium in place? If that's your thought, and that's your foremost in your mind, then you have to ask yourself, we have to ask ourselves if that's a faith that God is testing and a faith that is failing the test. God, if anything has become an object to my faith and an end of my faith other than your blessed Son, my Savior, please uproot it from my life. If anything has become so vested in your church and our land that it has replaced their commitment to Christ and His gospel alone 
and to bring that gospel to the ends of the earth for all to hear? Then, dear God, even though we cry out in mercy to spare us, mercifully let the trial burn away all that holds us back from faith in you alone and from a message and being able to give a message of faith in Christ alone as the answer for all men. I want you to know this. If your faith is true and right, faith in the right one for the right reasons, then if and when God takes away every medium that you've held dear and every transient blessing that has been touched by his favor and grace, he'll do so only to leave you with the one thing that is all important to true faith. He'll leave you with himself as Savior for your sins, as a power for holiness and sanctification, as a promise for your eternal life with Him. And that, when that moment comes, will be enough for you. It will be a cause of inexpressible joy and fullness of glory in that moment, pointing to your salvation and the true faith. What are the applications to these things? Well, if God is tearing away to the essence of your faith, don't fight it. Ask God to begin a work that accomplishes a complete reordering of what you hold most dear and hope for and long for and believe Him for above everything else. Task yourself along with that to finding out what that one thing is and living for and promoting that above everything else. Promoting a faith in Jesus Christ to all people for the right reasons with a proper desire for his eternal salvation for sin above everything else. And it seems to me that some of the things I've said here might sound quite unpatriotic. As if somehow conceding, giving up the concerns for the nation. I just want you to remind you that Nobody loved the nation of Israel more than the prophets. And yet the one thing the prophets were accused of more than anything else probably was being unpatriotic. Jeremiah was considered to be a sellout as if he was aiding the enemies of Israel because he told them that they were about to be torn from their land. And they didn't understand that judgment was coming upon them because the people were more concerned about losing their nation than being right with God. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Dear God, we, we bless you in every age. We bless you for the testimony of your grace from age to age, how your grace was at work in the nation of Israel when you exalted them and how your grace was at work and your salvation was at work when you ransacked them and you drove them out of their own land. We bless you for those who believed in you and in one day thousands were added to the church. We bless you for those days when those thousands faithfully went to be fed to the lions and the beast and the arenas of Rome, trusting and believing you only and exalting in you alone. We bless you, dear God, for the triumphant moments of the church And we bless you for those times when you seem to be defeating the church and removing its hand from places of power in order that the power might reside in you alone and in your gospel alone. We bless you for every age. We bless you for the progressive expression of your graces that have been brought down to us from age to age and the accumulation of great authors have spoke to us. 
from those who have gone before, whose lives speak back to us. We thank you for them. And we bless you that we live in this age at this time. May this be a purifying moment. May we prove true in the test. May, dear God, in this moment you purify out of the church a people and a message that this world needs as the last days crash in upon them. And we'll bless you for this and praise you. Bring us to the triumph of faith that fills us with joy inexpressible and fullness of glory in the revealing of these things. Let us be like, let us be like Paul and Silas that having been beaten, rejoiced in the prison house that the beating was nothing compared to the promise of your presence. We'll praise you for all these things. Even as we ask, dear God, that you might so pour out a spirit of revival upon your people in this land, that they might love you above everything else, that it might not be their mission to save this land, but to save lost people throughout this world. And as a result, oh God, pleased to have mercy on our land as well and extend the days in which it might be used for your glory. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening today. We don't want to frustrate God's purposes. His judgments are always corrective until the last one. So let's all say together, God correct us to greater service of our King. If you'd like a copy of this message, If America Should Fall, Go to breadoflifeboise.org and follow the links. Until the next time, may God bless you.